Big Conversations Little Bar with your hosts Randy Florence and Patrick Evans featuring candid conversations with the Coachella Valley's most interesting and influential people. Pull up a bar stool and enjoy Big Conversations Little Bar. Welcome to another episode. Big Conversations Little Bar. Patrick Evans and myself are here at the heart of Coachella Valley Little Bar on Highway 111. Patrick and of course, that's the voice of Randy Florence, my uh, co-host, partner in crime, Big Conversations Little Bar. And we once again want to give a shout out to Skip Page, uh, proprietor and owner of Little Bar, for letting us uh, sit here. Have we uh, mentioned Skip Page? I don't know that we have. We should turn the page. No. Oh, my. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, we are really excited about our guest today. Judith Chapman is here. Hi, Patrick. Hello there. And, of course, people will know you as Gloria on Young and the Restless. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit. But you just mentioned when we were sitting here chit-chatting that you started at the young age of 14 in Spaghetti Westerns. I did. I so did. I want to hear a little bit more about that. And then we'll talk about some of the current things you're doing. But <laughs> Flash forward <laughs> half, half, half a century. Just a few years. <laughs> it's, a, it's a short podcast, but we want to get it all in. Uh, <laughs> I love the name of your broadcast. That's what, what Big Conversations, Big Conversations Little, Little Bar. Bar. Well, this place is great. I will be back, whether you're here or not. <laughs> A lot of people say that. Yes, preferably if you're not. Uh, First of all, thank you very much for doing this. My pleasure, Patrick. My pleasure. Uh, you were just recently a guest on Eye in the Desert on News Channel 3, and uh, I just uh, always love having you on the program because you always bring something interesting, and you're doing a play called Aces that's going to be at Oscars. Oscars in Palm Springs, a little... I haven't done dinner theater in forever, <laughs> but it's still kind of that, you know, bar, restaurant, you can get a bite to eat, have a cocktail, and... Watch a show, verging on a little cabaret, a little sexy stuffy. And so, yeah, it's fun. Something new and original, which is what I like to and do. And you're directing that. So. I am directing it. And uh, you've got a great cast. Great it's cast. Most of them you've known. I've worked with most of them. I was asked to read by Robbie Wayne, formerly of the wonderful theater Desert Rose. Um, and I read it, and I said, okay, this is fun. And we got on stage and we read it and I said, all oh, these gals are great. And after the playwright was there, Davis, uh, uh, Gilbert Davis from uh, Texas, he's there and he said, oh, you're just fabulous. I said, you know, I, I do this show in L.A. I really can't commit. And he wanted to run it for six months or something ridiculous. <laughs> and I said, not in this town, it won't run. <laughs> and um, I said, but I do have some ideas on how it might be creative and, uh, or clever. And uh, lo and behold, I'm directing the whole thing. It was supposed to just give a couple of ideas. And then it was like, oh, Judith, would you co-direct? And I went, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. And then there was a meeting at a restaurant in Palm Springs with Kitty, who's now producing it and being in it. And supplying the wardrobe. <laughs> Little theater. I love Kitty it. Kitty Murray, is, she's terrific. <laughs> and she's a cabaret singer. She does uh, everything. a great actress. Um and it's a true story. It's a true story. You kind of fictionalize the the, the setting to bring everybody together, but the all real, of these women were real, 
beauty queens from Texas, and they won. The the one who sort of MCs the whole thing, she won in 76. Then she put this whole thing together, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. I think it was rigged. <laughs> <laughs> so all of these Miss Texases became Miss USA consecutively. Wow. And so the play is a, a, a little reuniting of them. 35 and, years later, they're all still drop-dead gorgeous. They're all still this big around as my baby <laughs> and But you know, for some reason you think, oh God, all those years ago, they must be like, nee, 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 nee. and you Google them, and it's like, oh my God, they're drop-dead gorgeous still. But so it's 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 kind of a fun thing. and I, But I told Davis, I said, Davis, he said, don't, they're really nice people. And I said, we're going to have some fun with this. So I don't know what he's expecting, but yeah. But all of these gals have really stepped up and let me direct them, and they they listened. Did you have any conversations with the women that the story is about? No, it's going to no. be a big surprise <laughs> <laughs> if they show up. I don't know if they'll show up or not. But What's flattery, what? I mean, imi- what is it? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. That's right. So. so let's promote it a little bit. What's the run and where, where is it going to be? It March the 9th. Thank you, Patrick. Take it away. I've got it all in my head because she was just on Eye of the Desert. March the 9th at Oscars. Yes. And it's going to be on Thursdays and Fridays running through the 31st of March. Again, Thursdays and Fridays. Tickets are available at OscarsPalmSprings.com. And what a place to have it. What a place to have it. It's just a small, it's not unlike this, but a little larger. I think they've got 80 seats as opposed to little bars. How, whatever their seating is. and um, But I've told the gals, I said, you're not just looking down at the people in the front row. I said, think you're in Joel Olstein's church. <laughs> Texas. Play so I big. said, play it big, baby. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So we tonight actually is our first night rehearsing, rehearsing in the theater on the stage in their skimpy little costumes. That's got to be pretty what exciting. What time is rehearsal? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, come on back. Come on, come on back. Come on down. But it's really cute because it's written in the thing where they have one of these uh, boxes, applause, applause, applause. And the Ann Richards character, uh, the ghost of Ann Richards, the former go- wonderful, crazy, wonderful governor of Texas, um, she said, all right, everybody, put your whiskey away and, you know, da 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 do and take a seat and... Turn off the damn cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and she said, if you feel like hooting and hollering. So I had the set designer. I said, make me another sign that says hoot and hooting holler. and holler. <laughs> so I've got applause, applause, hoot and oh, holler. I love it. That's great. That's I can't wait to see that. Thank you. So you were going to start us back in your spaghetti western Yeah, I want to. So appreciate you oh, catching Oh, I love on. this. Look at, they both got their elbows on the table. <laughs> <laughs> leaning in, leaning in. Yeah, the spaghetti westerns captured my attention. I love spaghetti westerns. Who uh, doesn't? I mean, no, I didn't do one with Clint Eastwood. No. No. no what about no. Dean Martin? Time. He was a great no. with <laughs> No. We, my father, now at Arlington, along with my mother, um, retired Air Force General. He wasn't a general then, uh, but stationed in Spain at Torrejon Air Force Base outside of Madrid. And my brilliant, also deceased, beautiful sister, we had lived in England. She started modeling with the likes of Twiggy and all the great ones. And and uh, she started working in, when she went to Spain. Well, lo and behold, she was several years older than I, and uh, her agent calls one day and said, listen, Patty, I have an extra part in a commercial. Why don't you let your little sister do it? So I asked my, can I skip school tomorrow and go make myself 600 pesetas? I think it was like $10 at the time. And she said, yes. (laughs) 
And so they sent a driver out to the base to pick me up, took me into, and I, you know, because they take siestas in the afternoon. So it was all an evening shoot after school. And uh, a little while later, the agent calls and said, you know, your sister's kind of cute. Why don't we get some pictures and she can, um, well, get her some work. Lo and behold, I'm a freshman in high school at this point. And so the start of my sophomore year, I'm going to try out to be a cheerleader. And I get a call to go to work on a new spaghetti, affectionately called Spaghetti Westerns. It just means they were Spanish-Italian co-productions. And based on loosely seven brides for seven brothers. So I was going to be the baby sister. So there were seven sisters, all of them dropped it with these big red wigs and the guys and the thing. And they sent a car for me every single morning. And they said, it's just a, a week's work. So I was like, my parents said, okay, whatever. Well, after about two weeks, the school calls and said, <coughs> Major Shepard, uh, where's your daughter? <laughs> And my honest brother said, "Um, she's out making a movie. And they said, no, 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 this is unacceptable. So they got the base commander, the principal of the school, my sister, whose Spanish was quite brilliant at this point, my sister translating the the heffier production of the play, all meeting. Base commander saying my father could be court-martialed for having <laughs> having me out of school. The principal said I was going to be put back if I, you know, if I missed one more day of work. And then finally, the hefty of production for this production, this cowboy movie, says, "All right, what we'll do because we're going to sue your parents or sue you, Major Shepard, because we've already done premier planos of your daughter close-ups. So we're going to sue you for a hundred thousand dollars." Which back in the half century ago was, was a, real a lot. It was real money. And, and they said, but what we will do, we will sign Judith up and put her in a nice little Catholic school on the day she's not working. Never saw a day. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, I'm sure, signed up. Oh, they yeah. Just never had to yeah. Sign <laughs> so I went up, and it was six weeks later. The six weeks, I finally wow. got back into school, and they said, you will be put back if you miss one more day of work, or one more day of school to work. And, uh, and so, but I, it was midterm exams. I got straight A's. Um, At 14, they're picking you up in a car every morning. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I was... Your friends must have rotten, been. Spoiled rotten. So... Was it that point that you got bitten by the bug? Was I it just- said, this is fun, because one of the things I got to do on this film was ride on top of a train and shoot all the bad guys. No safety nets, nothing. And the director, the Spanish director, who said it was cold shooting out in the country, you know, out in the hills of outside Madrid. And sometimes in the morning he said, here, have a little coffee and take a little <laughs> nip. You got to keep fun. your. You got to keep the actors gotta happy and warm. warm. Got to keep warm. So yes, and I went. I think I could do this for a living. This is much easier than being a ballerina. So yes. So I. But I would come home and Patty would say, "Judy, you have to shoot this commercial this afternoon and take this outfit." And I said, "I don't want to. I want to go to the teen club and play with my friends." And she said, "If you don't do this job," and she would talk to me, "You will never work in this business again." Okay. Tough okay. agent. <laughs> So that well, was now my I, dream. Now I know where you learned about drama. Now I know <laughs> where I thought, yeah, everything. But yeah, great fun. Great so fun. what did that lead to? What was next? Uh, I went back to school. <laughs> <laughs> we moved to Texas, of all places, San Antonio, Texas. And I graduated from high school. And, you know, I thought everybody had this kind of upbringing. And then I went to Stevens College in Missouri and got my degree in theater and 
got bored with that, graduated in three years and two summers, and went to New York. And I would see, not to be gross, sorry, but somebody spit on the street, and I'd just start gagging, and the bugs and the whole thing. And Yeah, New York was it could be a rough place. It's an everybody should do time in New York. Yeah. It is doing time. But I got lucky. I mean, I, what, I can't remember the famous restaurant in Times Square named after a boxer. I mean, it's a Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey's. And I was in this little apartment, and I thought, oh, I could sleep with the door open, sure, off Ninth Avenue, you know, near Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and I, but I said, I need to get a job. My parents at this time were in Korea. Why I didn't go. And so I was like into the snow, going up to Times Square because they had seen an ad. And I walked, the place was empty. And this big old burly guy comes up and said, what do you want, kid? A job. <laughs> and he looked at me, and I know he tried not to laugh. And he said, you see that door over there? You see the size of the tray that guy's carrying on his shoulder? I can do it. I can do it. I'm strong. I know I can. And he just kind of giggled and took it. He said, sit down. Here's a cup of coffee and a piece of cheesecake. Now get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back in the snowstorm back to my little apartment. Oh, God. Crazy. Did you have a plan B? Never. No. Oh, my sister wanted me to come to Virginia and b- join a bank. No, I know I can do this. I know I can. I can. I can. I grew up in Virginia, and that doesn't sound boring. I know you worked in banking, Randy. I'm not saying yeah, banking's no, no, no. boring. No, that's... It is boring. <laughs> it took me 39 years to figure it out. Where in Virginia? I grew up in Charlottesville. My dad oh, was a professor nice, at UVA. Nice, nice, nice. I so, love Virginia. I love it, Virginia. But when you're 20 years old, I graduated. Between, you're already in New York. I'm going the, for it. The lure of New York from Virginia is big. The yes. lure of Virginia from New York, not so big. Yeah. Uh, so as you were there in New York, what what was your next break? Like, Segway. What? I actually uh, started doing commercials and uh, was auditioning a lot and uh, and then landed as the world turns. And also, and Robert Lansing, God rest his soul, he's gone. And he, we did this crazy little film called Scalpel in Atlanta. And I was still auditioning. I auditioned for Princess Leia. <laughs> George flew me back up to New York. Would I have been a magnificent you would have. or You'd what? Spect- really? You auditioned? Yeah, yeah. Here's something I, but I've known you that, for years. That I didn't Nepo, know that. that ne- well, I, I don't want to talk about the ones that got away. The <laughs> ones I didn't get. <laughs> That's so cool. What, yeah. was audition- what was auditioning for George like? Well, I, they, I was, had worked all day on Scalpel, and they flew me to New York, and I just went in straight, and he was just there, nicest guy. How are you doing? He said, here's the script. Read for me. I didn't know who he was. I didn't care who he was. I didn't know what Star Wars was. It was just this fun fantasy. And I didn't get the part. So, But that's okay. I got a lot of other ones. But n- nobody knew what Star Wars... Like, no one had any idea what Star Wars was no. going to become. Who knew? Who yeah. knew? And I, at that point, was living with a wonderful... Uh, the cinematographer of this film that we had done, Scalpel, with Robert Lansing. And Robert said... Get your rear end out of New York. It's time for you to go to Hollywood. And um, so based on that, I walked into the soap opera, and I bought one of those bomber jackets, that, satin bomber jackets that were really popular at the time, and it had embroidered Hollywood on the back. <laughs> and I just went, I don't think I'm going to renew my contract. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to Hollywood. So got on a plane and went to Hollywood. Did you pretty much know by that point that, you were going to make it. This well, was your I career. never changed my name. There was another. My family name is Shepherd. There was another Judy Shepherd in the union. Ever heard of her? I don't think so. 
Not well, me. I will tell you who she was, and you will have heard of her. But there are no two actors who have the same right, last you can't, name. Union rules prevent it. Exactly. So I took my grandmother's maiden name, which is Chapman, my father's mother's maiden name. And I said, Grandma, you know, let me use Shepherd and la-di-da. And I said, I'd like to use your She said, well, I love my name Chapman, but I also love my name Shepherd. I think you should call yourself Chapman Shepherd, and everyone will call you Chappie. And I'm like, oh, Grandmommy, I can't have two last names. I mean, how cool was she? That how was cool a, was a, she? Chapman yeah. Shepherd. Yes, I, I know. like that. I know. I use it when I write, <laughs> I, when I've done some poetry things, and, and I, so that's my nom de plume when I, when I write. But um, I don't know. Where was I? Anyway, so... Um, You're yeah. in Hollywood. So I, no. just, because I never changed my name legally, because I never thought, I didn't know if I'd make it. Wow. I think I made it. You made it. You made it. <laughs> You're one of the hardest working and, and most frequently working Thank you. people I know around Well, that's here. what I said. I just I said in my 20s, when I, after college and I moved to New York, I said, Dear Jesus, please let me be a working actor. What I failed to say was, Dear Jesus, please make me an A-list working actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was telling Patrick earlier, um, I got married in 1981. And I was looking back at, thank you, I was looking back at your history. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm guessing that virtually every night, my wife and I were sitting in the front room watching something that you were in. Because during those years of 80, yeah, 81, and 82. I guest starred on every, all the Glenn Larson stuff, the, all the, the Balisaria stuff, the two Magnums. The second time I got a call from um, Murder, She Wrote, Angela, the casting, Ron Stevenson said, uh, she wants you to do another one. I went, really? He said she really liked working with you. I went, great. And she's given you a raise. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. So I did four episodes with her. I did, you know, just got lucky. Five episodes of Silk Stockings down in San Diego. Went to New- I went to Canada. And the first time I did Canada was the original MacGyver people. And, uh, but I called my agent. I said, get me a job up here. I would move to D- uh, B.C., British Columbia in a heartbeat. They do an awful lot of production there. I know, but I'm done. I think you, I'm done. You did a, a love boat, uh-huh. and you played Dick Martin's mistress. I, I want to know about that. I, like I just, I, I, I religiously watched Love Boat. I know I saw that episode, but I looked very. I saw it recently, but I was so. I mean, I was just. Oh, let me say this. <clears throat> so I was not Judy Chapman. My father admitted to me once years and years ago, he said, now don't tell your mother, but you are named after Dame Judith Anderson. He said I had a thing for Dame Judith. And I said, I've never heard anybody call her Dame Judy. So I am, Judy was like Susie, Trixie, Pixie, and I was a serious thespian. Do a what? Do a love boat? I didn't tell anybody I'd done it for months and and I said thank God I got to get off in Acapulco but now I look (laughs) (laughs) now I look back on it and it's just like that was cool what did I oh Jesus excuse my language I just got a residual a couple of days ago for a fantasy island really fantasy island and Barnaby Jones were the first two things I did when I moved to LA and I got a $7 residual for Fantasy Island. Hey. Wow. Hey. Barnaby Jones. Barnaby. He was so Buddy sweet. Epson. Buddy Epson. Buddy Epson. He yeah. was so nice. And during a break, he said, you like orange juice? And I went, yes, sir. <laughs> 
so he invited me into his his trailer and he squeezed me a fresh of he squeezed me a glass of fresh squeezed orange juice and then played his guitar. I had a hard time watching Barnaby Joe's because Buddy Epson was always just Jed Clampett to me. Yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was just like, he was so typecast. So you did Fantasy Island, so you worked with uh, Ricardo Montalban. I worked with them. I worked with... Air Bay. Air Bay. <laughs> and the one that I did, I mean, uh, not... It was just all old-time stars. I mean, fabulous character actors or a little... And um, who was the one in All About Eve with Betty Davis... Blonde the friend, the ding, 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 ding. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But she, she didn't like me very much. I was young. I was beautiful. <laughs> and that was a problem. <laughs> and that was a problem. So big education. Is that big something education. that you've dealt with a lot through your career? You've seen that. Yes, that's the way I feel about young actors. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we might be going the other direction, no. but thank you for being honest. Yeah, yeah it happens. It happens. No, it's uh, yeah. How but much harder was it for you as a female coming up? It never occurred to me that there was any, you know, all this Me Too, hashtag Me Too movement. I mean, it's horrible. For some reason, it never happened to me. And people said, guys, just don't want to mess with you. <laughs> I said, why don't you just poke him in the nose? Do you think you're willing to sell yourself out that cheaply for a job, for this or yeah. that? So, I mean, that's the way I felt. I was never asked to compromise myself. So. Because you always went by Judith. They take that I seriously. was Judith. Never exactly. a Judy. I was if I'd been Susie or Trixie or Pixie or Judy. Dame Judith. Dame Judith. Dame, Dame Judith. Well, people have been calling me Norma Desmond since the time I was 25. I finally got old enough to play her. So. <laughs> what was your you, first directing job? I don't know because I used to coach people. I used to coach friends. You know, who had a scene to do, so it was just, all right, do, pour a glass of wine, so, all right, do this, do this. And then I took a class at COD, a directing class, with Terry Nicholson, who was, he's not around, I mean, he's still around, but he's retired, and he just became my mentor. I took his acting class, and but I took his directing class, and I went, I got a gift for this. And the first thing I did was a Lanford Wilson play at the McCallum. I directed at the McCallum, and I just said, I love doing this, so. Yeah, long time ago, long time ago. What do you? How do you balance the two? How do you balance the time directing versus acting, or does it just all fit in? It. it, it thank you, Lord. It, it, it's, it fits in. It yeah. fits in. I've never been asked to do both at the same time. So. <laughs> Are you. Uh, you said you start. Your first soap was as the world turns. As the world turns. <clears throat> And you were on General Hospital. I was on. I've probably done more soap operas than anybody. And first time, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but when I first when I first moved to California, I was doing starting to do nighttime and some commercials and whatnot. And they called and asked me, Gloria Monty, the great grand dame of General Hospital. My agent said, "Uh, Gloria wants you to audition for General Hospital. I went, No, no, no. You don't do soap operas in L.A. You do film or television. No, thank her, but say no. Well, about that time, it was New Year's uh, time, holiday time, and a fellow friend of mine said, do you want to go down to Mexico? I said, yeah, sure, whatever. I just popped down to Mexico for New Year's, a week, a few days. All of a sudden, coming back to the hotel, I sort of glibly say, any calls for me? And my Spanish is pretty good, so I'm saying it in Spanish. And he says, your agent called. You have to call her right now. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
my God, I never even told her I was leaving town. And I got her on the phone. She said, Judith, I have talked to six Mexican operators. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Get your butt back here. Gloria wants you, and you start in three days. And I'm like, oh, my God. Of course, it's holiday time. All the planes are booked. So my friend and I get slightly after a few on New Year's Eve, get on the bus, typical, typical oh, bumping dear. all the way to Guadalajara, all the way to Guadalajara. He also, he was an actor and he also had a job and I said, well, you work first so you get the standby thing. So I stayed the night in Guadalajara, finally get a ride. I could only get to Tijuana. <laughs> Where this is true, got to Tijuana, took a bus from Tijuana to Los Angeles, got on the taxi, went to my agents, and I said, I'm here. I'm here. True story. <laughs> true story. Bumping. You know. well, last time I took a bus in, in Mexico, I think the driver was about 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you hear these stories of, you know, what is it, the Night of the Iguana. Night bumping of the, yes. That was it. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Uh, so how long were you on General Hospital? Was I it? was there, gosh, only about four and a half years. And Gloria was... But that's a good That's a good. Stint. It was good because I would get tired. I would get tired of them. And so then I'd go back and do nighttime. Do nighttime. Well, my first, but I, another one I didn't mention, that it was between me and Victoria Principal for Dallas. Wow. I had been recommended before, I, just as I was moving to L.A., and I was doing my Annie Hall thing, but with hair frizzed out to here and the baggy things, and kind of like the way I dress now, and uh, went to Lorimar, back in Lorimar days, um, MGM, nailed it, but all my bags had disappeared and somehow ended up in Italy. And so my agent said, for the final, for all the heavy honchos, and he said, I'll go with you. I said, you don't have to go with me, I'm fine. And I'm in my baggy pants and my curly hair and all this, and in walks the competition. Black spandex pants. You know what, out to here. <laughs> Black stiletto heels, and this, and over her chest, in sparkles, the state of Texas, and over her right bosom, a burst of star, for Dallas. And I just looked at her and I went, Welcome to Hollywood, Chapman. <laughs> you were in. Otherwise, in New York, it was pull on the fry boots, the old vintage fur coats that warmed the bed at night. And I said, and uh, months, months later, the casting director said, "You had it hands down," but she came in looking the part. Wow. I said, "My clothes were in Italy. What could I do?" <laughs> did that change anything that you did in the future? No, I, no. I got lots of auditions, and I mean, it didn't stop me from working, but I, I didn't get that one. But years later, James and I, being at his little restaurant, turns out <coughs> Victoria's principal's favorite restaurant in, Holly, in Palm Springs was Cafe St. James. And she came in, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Not because of Dallas, but look at my man that way. <laughs> so. Talk a little bit about uh, James and the restaurant. Oh, you guys were together for 20-plus years. 20-some-odd years. You know... They said it would never last, and it, it was just instant. We, we were living together within six months, and people said, what do you see in him? What do you see in her? I said, we've got a lot in common. We have so much. And we just we traveled the world, and he took me to India and places. I mean, I'd lived all over the world with my family, but he would never 
impose. He, when we went to Varanasi, where the cremation ghats in India on the Ganges, and he would just sit back and he would just let me take it all in. He didn't get in my way. He didn't try to control me. He was the wind beneath my wings. And he let me fly. And I said, oh, I got this part planned. Vivian Lee down at the Old Globe. I'm going to be gone for three months. Okay. <laughs> James, I've got to get a job in L.A. I've got to go back to daytime. They've offered me a job on Young and the Restless. And I lived in a hotel for six months. And I finally called and I said, I think this is going to stick. And so I got a little place. He said, you're never going to come home. And I said, I'll come home. And uh, so we just had fun. We traveled and ate and drank and we were both foodies. And I think for people like you and, and James, I mean, it was important because he had the restaurant mm-hmm. and had his own thing. And he wasn't intimidated. Yeah, not intimidated. You guys weren't competing. No. You, you both no. were successful at what we both did. of what you did, and you supported one another. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Cafe St. James was the spot. A, an institution. I know. I was very Street. sorry. It was very sorry, and it was just unfortunate. We were in Asia, and the son, the son of the landlord called and said, oh, by the way, we were re- coming back, ready to open. And he said, no, I'm, I'm hiking your rent. $3,000 a month. He said, it's still a 50-seat restaurant. And so that's when we moved down the hill. And, and it took till February to get open for the new St. James. And uh, so we starved together. We, Sorry, I keep hitting the microphone, John. I'm sorry. Um, but he was just the, he was my, the wind beneath my wings. I said, my daddy gave me my courage. My sister gave me my break to get in this business. My mom said, okay, you can do it. And James was the wind beneath my wings. Not my four heroes. Yeah. Oh. That's a great story. <laughs> that he uh, was a great guy. He was a great guy. And he's still around. And he's, he's on a giant, in a bed, big Tibetan urn, his ashes, in the kitchen, on top of a wine rack. And I still love to cook. I love your cooking shows. I don't catch it all the time. But it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I would, and I'd get stuck, and I said, "James, what am I supposed to? Do? I, I need something." And if I just got quiet and still for a bit, oh, okay, that's it. Thank you. James is still there. James is still there. Well, it's you know, before we started recording, you were talking about how you've lost your heroes, your dad and mm-hmm. your mom and James mm-hmm. and your sister, but they are always still with us. Oh, they are. I mean, the lessons that we've learned, you know, my dad was my hero. Mm-hmm. Lost him ten years ago, oh, and you know. But Same time. still feels very present. So, uh, you did not originate the role of Gloria no. on Young and the Restless. So, <laughs> talk about talk about how that came about. Joanne Van Ark. Joanne Van Ark, <coughs> who also did hired. nighttime. What did she, was it? She, well, it's a very small business if you think about it. But she and Ted Shackelford, who became my big love on on Young and the Restless, they did. Uh, or Dallas, then Knott's Landing. That's right. Knott's Landing was the big spinoff. And she was, that was her Mm -hmm. spinoff. And she, and I, they, it was a challenge for her. It's a challenge for a lot of actors who've never done daytime or haven't done enough theater. The schedule's tough. To know how, and to learn how that much dialogue and to have that. And so it was a challenge for her. So she, Excuse me. She decided to leave. They decided to let it go. And I came in, and apparently everybody, Priscilla Presley, everybody in town was auditioning for that part. And I walked in and auditioned, and uh, Marnie, the casting director, said, you know, Judith, I love you. Next time, come in, come in with a little bit of a bigger bra and maybe a little higher heels. I said, I got it. I know what you, I know what you want. But I left, and I said, this one's mine. I know it's mine. And uh, never looked back. 
but you know, keeping me humble. So I was on my way out after auditioning, third audition for all the head honchos, like the Dallas audition, all the head honchos. And I left and I got in the car and I called my agent. I said, if I don't get this, I don't know what, this one's mine. And all of a sudden, two minutes, thank God I didn't turn my phone off. And the, two minutes later, he calls. He said, don't leave. You got to come back. You got the part. You got to sign more papers first thing in the morning at CBS. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm looking, where am I going to stay? I haven't been in L.A. in a while. And I saw Holiday Inn Express. And I said, I've seen those commercials. <laughs> and pulled in and lived there for seven months. Wow. An Indian family. The grandmother with her sardi. And James with his reputation for being in India and this Indian crazy. And so it was all serendipitous. And um, But the next day, so I said, James, i got to go back and go sign papers. We got the job. And da, da, da. So he calls me the next morning. He said, listen, on your way home, would you run down south and do the big Indian stores? I need 500 pounds of rice and two, <laughs> two big cases of, of Indian chutney for the restaurant. I said, okay, keep me Back to humble. real life. Keeping me <laughs> humble. <laughs> so, uh, that's been... It, it, that was you, 2005. Yeah. And that's kind of the part that keeps giving. Like, I know it, it sort of comes and goes. And I know that you're always very great. More go. More go these more. days. <laughs> but I know that you're always kind of excited. And it's, it's fun to fun. jump back into that. It's and, fun. and you really enjoy. Uh, I know that the, the co-stars that work with you, particularly. The uh, sons. The sons. sons. Yeah. They, I have the best TV family. And unfortunately, they just slowly over the years just decimated it. Ted left the show. He had not been in good health, but he's, you know, we still talk. And, and um, what are you going to do? You know, you, you moan about it. You agonize about it. You say, I guess they didn't think I was very good. I guess they didn't think I was pretty enough. Oh, shut up. My mother, great advice. She One day, it was something of belly aching. She said, Judy, never want to go to a party that you're not invited to. I went, mother, that's great. That's great. So. That's really yeah. good advice. So when they call, it's like, oh, what a nice paycheck I'm getting today. Well, th they still call. I mean, they do. Gloria is still. Gloria will never disappear. I will haunt them. So your, haunt your characters have been described as vixens, mm -hmm. as uh, you were the kind of the, the, the scary character at times on set. Um, on set? Under my character? Or on me the show? Personally? Oh. No, not personally. <laughs> hey, what do you say? Randy, don't, How don't, don't antagonize the guests. Don't get me started. So do you <laughs> like playing the vixen? It's so much easier. It's so much more fun. I know I've, I'm, well, I'm not, maybe not so much anymore, but I always had a little angel face. Now it's a little tiny thing, little thing. And, um, yeah, hell yeah. It's yeah. much more fun to be naughty and bad and do all this stuff. So, no, I've had great fun. But I, at first, I just went, no, I do nighttime. I do feature films. I don't do soap <laughs> operas. No, it's a great way to start your career and a great way to sort of wind down. But, you know, I just did a film with Will Smith, that ill-fated thing playing the Nancy Reagan. Right, Nancy Reagan. So, you kind of, you mentioned... You had this part, and you never said what it was. You kind of dropped a hint. One oh, of the I did? I did this before I got cast. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. And then, But then you did the big reveal with the picture with you mm -hmm. made up, and it was yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Like spitting image. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. I am a chameleon. You are. I am a chameleon. You know, and I know this, and that's one of the things I love about the work that I do and what I try to instill in actors that I'm working with, you know, I'm, I'm to go on name, but some of the actors, they just say that repeat the same thing, same character, same bag of tricks. And I'll say, no, stretch it out a bit. Let's, let's do this and try this. So, that's the director um, that's, in you. Yeah. 
That's the director in me. I said. So do you I, do I you do that on set? So when you're when you're when you're playing a part and you're you're, you're casting a part, but you're working with other actors, yeah. you kind of no, try I would to pull go, stuff. Well, for a while, I had the beautiful um, restaurant on Young and the Restless called Glowworm. I mean, where they got that name? It's actually a creature. But these ki- young Not kids... Not sure we want to eat there. Exactly. <laughs> only have one thing on the menu. <laughs> Shake and stir or fry. They're fresh. <laughs> They're fresh today. They're fresh today. Just brought in. But there would be, you know, these young actors, you know, at- atmosphere. I love it, atmosphere. And, um, and they'd just be sitting there like this, you know, a couple or like this. And I go and I say... Your husband just called. He knows you're here with her, or you're here with him. And they go, I said, there you go. Now you're doing something. Fill the moment. Don't just sit here and be a slug, what? a glowworm. <laughs> what so, a value yes. to have someone like that on set. Yeah. I mean, I would. Just, uh, uh, let's talk about Vivian. Okay. Because I know that was really something very close to your heart. Very close to my heart. I did it. I made it happen. I toured. It cost me a ton of money. It was a passion project. It was a passion project. Thank you, soap operas. That they bought me my freedom to be able to go off and do my passion projects. But I have, don't think I've ever worked so hard exploring the underbelly of my soul to get at the underbelly of her soul. What you know? drew you t- to Vivian Lee so She's damaged. <laughs> she is damaged. She was a she was damaged... damaged. To, to Lula Bankhead. You know, I play damaged characters. And because they're always, there's always something redeemable about them. But, Glor- uh, but Vivian, I had played her at the Old Globe in a play called Orson's Shadow about Orson Welles trying to get, as he said, trying to get um, uh, Olivier, Lawrence Olivier, out of the 15th century. So they were trying to do Ionesco's Rhinoceros. And it was a colossal failure, but I played Vivian in that. And uh, so I just, and, and the cast, the director said, uh, she just came in. She was channeling Vivian. I just knew it. I just knew it. It's just one, it's like glory. You just, you just know. And I spent well over a year reading everything, watching everything. And, um, and I did it. And it, I, I told my sister sometimes, she said, she said, how is it? You know, I, I said, I can't do it anymore. She said, I said, some, to be honest, I said, I feel it would be easier to die than to go on stage and have to do that again. Wow. Going through the insanity, stripping off clothes, all by myself. I mean, down to a slip. I mean, nothing I've seen. And, uh, but once I got started, I would just be, uh, not stage fright. It wasn't stage fright. But just the agony and the ecstasy of playing somebody. As she said, I live in my extremes. And I think I do, too. So Did that stay with you when you weren't performing? Yes. I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those actors who can, okay, put it in the closet. I'll be back. It's, it's there. Lives it's in there. you. It's there. Yeah. It's there. And well, I you wish are a comedian I could. because, as with the Nancy Reagan thing, the Vivian, mm-hmm. uh, just the spitting image. Thank Remarkable. You. Thank you. Thank you. I know a little Revlon beauty from the bottom. <laughs> no, no, no. She, she, she will... It's because I put, put something about my alter. I said two of my favorite alter egos, Gloria and playing Tallulah Bankhead. Tallulah. And somebody said, well, what about, what about um, Vivian? And I said, Vivian will always be at the top of the pantheon of my work. Always. Was there anything that you found in yourself doing that character that surprised you? 
that I could. Really? <laughs> Good. Yeah. That's a hard, I mean, it had to be a hard part to play. I, or, I rehearsed it for so long, Patrick. Randy, I rehearsed it for so long and studied so much. And I tried so many different things. And even, even after opening and doing, I had my premiere in L.A. Then I did a fundraiser for Ron, Ron Salona. When he was still in his CV little, s- still in his little box, and um, and who? Oh God, what's his name? Who owns Spencer's? Harold, 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 and I've known Harold for years. And Harold comes back and he comes to my. I said, Harold, get out of here! Getting ready to go on stage. Go, 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 go! And so he was there. And after we always had a little wine. And Ron had a little wine and cheese thing for everybody. And Ron comes up and he said. Harold just told me to go out and buy proper theater chairs for the theater and sent him the bill. So thank you, Harold. He was so supportive and everything. But I don't know. I just, I, I loved her. And sometimes I hated her. Sometimes I sided with Lawrence Olivia. I don't blame you for getting rid of her. She was bad. I mean, she was wicked and wonderful and so apologetic when she was naughty the next day. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but I couldn't help myself. And I went, oh, that's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever wake up in the morning in character? Depends on what time I went to bed. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, but that's when I would get my best work done at 5 o'clock in the morning, just the quiet study lines. All right, so now you're directing Aces. Aces. Uh so that's a project that's going to last for a little while. Another we, month. Yeah. Another month or five, six weeks. What do you want to do next? Well, I'm helping Melissa Niederman, our wonderful Melissa Niederman, with her American Cancer. I've done performing on stage. You were Lady Gaga. I did Lady Gaga with our wonderful, God rest his soul, John Callahan, my buddy from Young or, um, General Hospital. And then last year I did Liza's uh, Cabaret. So, um. And now I just want to be a judge. I want to watch. I want to watch. I don't need to do it. I don't have to prove anything anymore. It's like the so. Peter Sellers movie. Which Being one? There. Being there. I just like to watch. I just like <laughs> God, I was just watching a film last night. Oh, it's called something Empire of Light with uh, Amanda Coleman, wonderful other actors, and they have a clip. It's a movie theater, and the, one of the clips they showed was Peter in a... In uh, being there, and it flashed back because I had the good fortune of going to the Cannes Film Festival a couple of times, and um, had lunch at the Sam Goldwyn Palm Door, mm-hmm. big long table, and I was sitting directly across from Peter Sellers wow. and his then yo- new young wife. I can't remember her name, and uh, and he just never said a word. Excuse me, just never said a word. It was just like, oh God, this poor guy. And I was like, hi, Mr. Sellers, play. I said, just don't even talk to him. Just don't even talk to him. <laughs> you know, speaking of, of damaged people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I mean, he certainly was. Mm-hmm. A remarkable talent. You can't put that much out. Unless you're one of these ones that only put this much out. Yeah, but if you go to the underbelly of your soul, it's going to hurt you. It's going to, it's going to cause you problems. And I know my time here is drawing nigh. But <laughs> I also had the good fortune to work with Orson Welles. I did one really? of those crazy commercials when he had the their sell no wine before it's yes, time. Yes, I will sell no wine. I was the principal, and a young man, and we were the principal for champagne commercials for a holiday, and he was there like this, the big bow, and he, bless his heart, he couldn't say his lines. He couldn't, and we kept having what to. What a tragedy. No, it was, it was, I felt so badly for oh. him, and all these idiot 
extras and whatnot. And I knew the director. I'd worked with him before. And he said, Judith, we're just going to have to call in the executives, the advertising, the writers, and everybody. And, and so we were told, dismissed. Everybody go out. A huge house in Brentwood. Everybody go out on the lawn. Do not look at Mr. Wells. Do not get in this eyesight. <laughs> do not, do not this. Do not. And the hair on the back of my neck is like, really? Really? <laughs> That's a challenge. So, exactly. So this thing, and I'm sitting at the end. Vivian of the, came out. Vivian, <laughs> Vivian, Tallulah, they all came Tallulah, out. Tallulah, yeah. And listen, I've been practicing those parts all of my life <laughs> rehearsing those parts and I'm sitting there reading a magazine and he's sitting in a chair this huge floor fan keeping him cool and he's like this with his feet up on a little stool and all of a sudden I hear this it's nice to be beautiful isn't it <laughs> I ignored him <laughs> how do you ignore Orson Welles it took everything I have <laughs> and then about 10 seconds later it was like it's nice to be beautiful isn't it and I took the magazine down and I said yes Mr. Wells and it's even nicer to be told and that I oh I just got goosebumps wow that and is I, that great was, and I know and I, that was my cue to go over and I went over and he took his feet off the stool and I sat at his feet looking up at this man and he said I said, I'm Judith, I'm in the you know, I'm in the commercial with you and he went, Yeah, I said, How's it going for you in the business? And I'm like Well, you know, my agent is just they don't send me out as often as I'd like and, and the voice in the back of my head is going, You're talking to one of the greatest theatrical literary everything directors of the 20th century and he just looked at me and listened and we talked and chatted for about 15 minutes or so and then his power he just did something and I knew it was my cue to leave and I said well thank you so much Mr. Wells I'll see you on set and I left highlight of my career one of the highlights of my career because I didn't listen I didn't pay attention to what right. they told me to do and uh, he finally got, it shows up on YouTube you can find it but it, 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 sadly some of the, the work lines he was slurring and it was really sad oh I've seen those clips yeah. where he's, he's yeah, the bloopers from those commercials well that's me I'm looking very young in a little blue dress I'll have to just, go back and look yeah, I love that yeah <laughs> they pop up every once in a while and you were involved with the Actors Studio? Yes, yes, yes. I, I auditioned for the Actors Studio right before I moved to um, L.A. And I auditioned, and I found out that Arthur Penn was the guy. and But all these actors were smoking and doing this, and I had an actor friend. I said, okay, I'm doing Maggie the Cat. I'm cutting all of your lines, and da-da-da. So you're going... So I had this kimono on, so I walked on set, and I don't care. I didn't have a bra on. What do I care? And but, but I'm facing, you know, the judges, and all of a sudden, I just turned, oh, I'm, now I'm going, war, war, war. I'm doing Vivian Lee, <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. And I said, oh, those no-neck monsters, and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, I passed. And then my next audition was out here at the actor studio. It used to be on DeLong Prey in Hollywood. I guess it still is. And the moderator was um, was for, for what's-his-face? The, who's, who's the old man? Actor studio? Yeah. James Lipton? Yeah, James No. No. The original. Oh. It just went blank. He was in The Godfather. He played. Oh. oh my God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, and I, I got through my first audition, or my first and second audition, which is very rare. Which is very rare. So I'm very proud That's to be a, a, a life member, a life member. 
and when I went in one weekend and Shirley Winters was moderating and I knew Shirley for because she was godmother to somebody who played my, a little boy who played my son and uh, and these actors come on stage and they start crawling around on the floor and I'm like what the heck are you people doing <laughs> all of a sudden she said with more profanity but she said what the are you doing here oh we're exploring the animal stage of our characters Miss Miss our, 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 and she said Get the heck out of this theater. Go home and do that stuff at home. I'm like, yes, sir, yes. So, anyway, my actor studio. I love that. But I'm still a member. Fun, huh? Super fun. Thank you. I've learned an awful lot. Of, I mean, we've known each other. Mm-hmm. Not well, but we've known each other. 20 years. 20 years. Easily, easily. Uh, I've learned so much about you today. Thank you. Thank you. He was so excited about doing this podcast oh, today. It made he me said excited. You were excited. I am so thrilled to <laughs> he have was you excited. here. I was, <laughs> I was very excited. Thank you, thank you, Randy. My pleasure. Well, pleasure my wife mine. and I got into soap operas during Luke and Laura, mm-hmm. so um, that oh kind of God. started it for us. Yeah, yeah. And she stayed watching her stories for many years after that. I know. Everybody loves their stories. Yeah. You know, it's just and. I've, I've done a lot of them. <laughs> I've done a lot of them over the years. But thank God, I've always had the Bye, so blessings to go back and do other stuff. Thank you for sharing. This has really thank been you. a fantastic time. It's given time. you a great platform. To do, I mean, without soap operas, you oh, yeah. never no, would no, have no. done Vivian. No, no. If I'd gotten Dallas, I would never have done Vivian, probably. I would never would have done soap operas. So, you know, the Lord gives, the Lord says. If you'd gotten I, Star Wars, you'd still be. There's another sequel coming out for sure. Is that. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, and I was talking about this at the the thing at Palm Canyon Theater the other day, uh, a fundraiser for that, and I was hosting it. And I said, you know, I said, look at what these kids are doing up here. They're singing, they're performing, they're having. One, one time they're playing Shrek the Ogre. Now they're doing Annie, Annie from Orphan Annie, and you know the variety, the diversity on stage, and then the and television. They're like, oh, ma'am, where were you on the night of the murder? <laughs> <laughs> they're making a ton of money, but not much excitement. All right, I know that you're going to be busy with Aces. Yes, uh, but. Uh, would you come back and do another one? I'd love to. Because I feel like we've just kind of scratched the surface yes, here. There's, yeah. I, got, I want to get into that Vixen conversation a lot deeper. Uh, I, yeah. Yes, you've mentioned that to me. <laughs> now, does your wife know about this? <laughs> She's out of town. She's out of town. Today, by the way, I should mention, today is Randy and Kay's 42nd wedding anniversary. Mazel tov. She's in Mazel Vegas. She's in Vegas celebrating our anniversary. <laughs> After 42 years, she needs the break. I look a lot better from distance. <laughs> That's what I've discovered. I, I want to tell you, 42 years is a big deal because based on the length of, of my very first marriage, it would take about 14 more wives to get to 42 years. So, I have a very simple... I, I've decided if it lasts less than a year, it should be an automatic annulment. It should be. Like, what do they say in golf? A Gilligan or a Mulligan? Mulligan. A Mulligan. Mulligan. Yeah, not a Gilligan. Mul- yeah. A Mulligan. Yeah. You get it's a just practice at that point. That's yeah, right. Well, we're both very lucky. We have great wives. And we happy great. anniversary to Thank you. you. Thank you very happy much. Thank you. This well, is a great way to spend gentlemen. it. And our, our sixth anniversary is going. So, Judith, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you, dear. Love having you on. And Always a pleasure. Thank you for letting me gab so much. Oh, no. We're going to look forward to the next time. Because there's, there's, there's a lot more to talk about. There is, there is, there is, there is, there is. So we drop episodes about every other week, and we'd invite you to join us for Big Conversations at Little Bar. We're available on all of your favorite podcast streaming sites. Uh, John McMullen, our engineer, 
producer extraordinary. He wears, he wears a lot of hats. He does. Uh, but he makes sure that we get out there. And we appreciate your listenership. We appreciate Skip. He was just wandering around letting us do it here at Little Bar because it makes it a much more relaxed, fun. So thank you. Thanks for listening to Big Conversations Little Bar. Join Randy and Patrick next time as we keep the conversation going right here on Big Conversations Little Bar. Little Bar.